Welcome to Spawn, the common sense, generally fun and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Dumbener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today we're going to talk about blended families. You know, over the years, we have gotten a lot of questions. A lot about blending families. Yes. So we are so happy to get to chat about this with Coach Naja Hall. She's the founder of Blended and Black and VIP Stepmom. And of course, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. And we'll be back jumping right into this discussion with Coach Naja right after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Parenteducate.com. It's where parents go to learn from an ever-growing library of over 80 online research-based courses. With Parenteducate.com, parents can quickly become fluent in infant, toddler, and preschool care through brief 20 to 30-minute courses on topics like brain development, constructive play, discipline, biting, and more. A whole lot more. Parents who sign up for Parenteducate.com's seven-day free trial get access to the entire catalog of courses for an entire week completely free. The Child Care Education Institute, which, by the way, is the number one trainer of pre-K and daycare teachers, is behind ParentEducate.com. So all of the courses are packed with the same information and techniques taught to leading early childhood educators. All of the courses are available 24-7 on any device, and so, you know, you can start or stop them at any time, which allows families to conveniently learn how to parent like a pro wherever you are, whenever you want. You can sign up for a free seven-day trial, and you can use code CMP21 at checkout to get 20% off once your trial ends at ParentEducate.com. That's a free seven-day trial, and use code CMP21 for 20% off at ParentEducate.com. So let us tell you a little bit about our guest. Coach Naja Hall is the founder of the largest blended family community for millennials, Blended and Black. She also runs VIPStepmom.com, a community for stepmothers, as you might have guessed. <laughs> she also hosts the popular podcast, I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. And she's the author of the Amazon best-selling book series, Girl Bye. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. And as a certified coach and educator, she understands that the family is the most influential entity of human development. And her work centers around helping individuals, couples, and families navigate some of life's toughest transitions. She's committed to helping do this by teaching empathy, accountability, and emotional intelligence. And of course, she's a stepmom herself, as you might have guessed, and was raised in Memphis, but now calls Harlem home. Welcome, Naja. Welcome. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. We are so happy to have you. We have all kinds of step-parent stuff in our lives. Yes, we <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about all of it. And can I just say that was an impeccable intro. It's almost as if I wrote that myself. You guys are good. <laughs> it's almost like you did all these incredible things that we said that you did. It's yes. so weird when we get that right. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I think we both would really like to know more about how you came to be so passionate about blended families and helping others with that. Did it spring from your own experiences? and need for community and resources was what you were looking for not out there so you created it hell yeah it did absolutely you know i think with a lot of us we find inspiration by the things that are just around us stepmotherhood kind of happened to me and i felt like i was at such a loss i had no control i joined a ready-made family and i didn't know what the heck to do my parents have been married for 40 plus years my husband's parents have been married almost 40 years so we come from these beautiful strong marriages and my husband is a divorced dad. And some of the things that started happening in my life, basically the reasons why I swore that I would never date a man with kids started happening in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I tell you, like, and I'm sure you all out there listening, you could imagine some of the nuances and some of the insecurities that being in a blended or a step family, however you decide to say it, will present. And all of that stuff started popping up. You know, my first concern was always, oh, I don't want to deal with, as they say, baby mama drama. And you guys can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Right <laughs> or, you know, the child support issue or a dad having torn loyalties. Mm. I always used to think, I was like, well, if people have kids together, they're probably going to sleep together because they always have access to one oh, another. Oh, that's interesting. I had all of these prejudices in my mind about how it was going to be. So when I met my husband, well, you know, he was just a fella and he <laughs> told me that he had three kids. Like it was on, I think maybe second date. I was like, 
Um, okay, so we're never gonna be together. Let me just get real drunk. And I don't care if you like me. And it turned out to be the literally the funnest night of both of our lives. One of them, because we we created more memories since then. But in that moment, I showed that I discounted him and I discounted all of his experiences. And by doing that, I almost shortchanged myself from having this life-changing thing. The thing that being a stepmom has done for me and to me is it unearthed a whole lot of my own unhealed childhood trauma because I never make an excuse. I never make secrets. Our situation started off extremely high conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's what led me to looking for resources, just like everybody else. You know, I looked for the resources. I purchased some books on Amazon, listened to every podcast I could find. And then when I felt comfortable placing myself or having the privilege of being in a leadership position, I was like, I'm going to start something of my own because I'm there now. So that's kind of how it happened for me. That's my journey. I think it's so interesting because my partner of now, oh my gosh, almost nine years, he has kids, I have kids, and that's great. But then I think about my own stepmother and my dad who have been together close to 40 years. People always say, are your parents Mm. married? I'm like, yes, happily, but not to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And when my stepmother met my dad, she was 29, he was 39. He did the same thing. He's like, by the way, my kids don't live with me full-time, but I'm a full-time dad. And so, she met us on like their second date or first date, I think. And I, I always think about the difference between someone coming into a relationship when they already have their own biological kids versus like a woman coming into a relationship with a man like you did when you don't have your own biological kids. Like, right. do, you, do you deal with people in both situations? Absolutely. Because I think with step parenthood, it's still going to present some of the similar issues. Like you're still going to have to deal with your stepchild's other parent. You're still going to have issues with money leaving your household or time being short. You're still going to have those same things. Now, adding kids in the mix, honey, I don't envy you. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I will say I love it. I absolutely love it. I really yes. do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a coach and I, my specialty is helping people with these high conflict situations. So people don't exactly call me when they're having an amazing day or when they're- <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, they, don't, they don't call nausea when their family is being called to do a Hallmark card. People call me because they're literally in a fire right now and they need help. And so I get to see the other sides of how much harm people can do to one another when they themselves have not experienced healing or self-love and all that other deep stuff that we meme about all day. Mm. But you're asking about coming in without kids. I think that's probably one of the things that all of, you know, everybody knows that I, I really do love kids. I'm cool with kids. I'm a great auntie. And my husband was not the custodial parent. So that was one thing. And I said, okay, you know, Naja, you can do this because the kids aren't with him full time. I never considered considered, well, what if they do come live with him full time? At that point, years ago, I didn't even think about any of that stuff. Mm. But at the time when I fell for him, I guess I started to negotiate with myself. Like, well, they don't live with him. They're really great kids. They live in another city. So how much could this really affect my life? Stupid me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about having what I imagine needs to be an open mind. Because you talked about these like preconceived notions, right? About what it means to be a step parent or what it means to be a blended family. Are there other things? I mean, maybe I'm just making that up, you know, like maybe an open mind. I just feel like that is helpful, right? When you're going into this is to have an open mind. Are there other things or considerations that you, and I know you work with people who need fires put out immediately, but (laughs) you know, for people just getting started or maybe they're exploring it, they're, they're dating someone and it's, it's kind of imminent. Are there other things you said, check yourself, look at your own issues and your own trauma. You know, what else would you say to these folks? What are some considerations Mm. that they need to have as they get started into this journey? I think the most important thing you can do is make sure you leave your ego at the door. A lot of Mm. us, have the need to be centered. We feel like people should center our feelings, our wants, our perspective. But when you are joining a blended family or you're inviting another person or another person wants to join your own existing family, we got to leave our egos at the door because it literally has no place in growth. You know, you got to remember, we're kind of redefining what family means to us because when you're divorcing your soon-to-be ex-husband, you're no longer his romantic partner. You no longer have a say in certain life choices that he makes. You also don't have a say in who he decides to repartner or recouple with. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that means in our own minds, we kind of got to check our egos, move ourselves out of the way, allow ourselves to be redefined. And I find that's where a lot of people get stuck because they're like, yeah, I'm not your wife anymore, but I know you and I know what you want and I know what you need. And these are my kids. And then we find ourselves stuck and stagnant and it creates a ripple effect throughout our entire family because that's uncomfortable when you don't want to move out of position that's no longer yours. So first and foremost, leave your ego at the door and then next be very, very, very flexible. Just call yourself rubber band man from now on. <laughs> I love that. You know, my friend Tina, who's a therapist who we've had on before, she talks about like thinking of yourself as like covered in oil. And so like things just slide off, like they just slide right off yes. you, which actually works for parenting teens too. I know it's not exactly the rubber band, but I love the idea of being a rubber bandy and also covered in oil. Yes. Uh, just like let it slide, let, let it, it slide, slide off. Yes. And then check, you know, you got to constantly be checking yourself. Like I said, when we first opened, for me, stepmotherhood unearthed a lot of my own unresolved traumas. Mm -hmm, I got to kind of mm -hmm. look at the relationship that my mother and I had. Mm -hmm. and maybe some of the things that I now don't agree with that she did when I was coming up. You know, when you see your stepchild traumatized or you see them in a less than ideal situation and you have no control, you're reminded of that little 11, 12-year-old nausea that also felt out of control. And so you got to check that stuff really, really fast or you'll find yourself spiraling. So I think that's kind of what, what happened to me and how I was able to relate. And really, that's no different than having biological kids. I mean, so much yeah. of what you're saying is so much of what we've talked about on the show for five years about yeah. just parenting in general, that it's really a lot of the same skills that we've used to raise kids, like not centering yourself on everything, like not taking everything personally, letting things go, being flexible. You're just bringing a lot of the same skills to the table, although it's, you know, different kids and a different relationship. Well, yeah. I have to say, though, can you talk more about that helplessness? I think that feels to me to be one of the challenges that I hear from other step parents or, you know, their partnered or whatever is this. I am an authority figure in some ways, but I'm also like I can be the fun one because I'm not necessarily, at least at the beginning, disciplined the kids. So how do you do that dance, Naja? Because that is a tricky dance, I think. It's harder to me than when I see, you know, biological parents, right? Yeah. Do, doing that dance. I think I had an advantage because my husband, he is not an extreme firm disciplinarian, but his children have a lot of respect for him. We're traditional Southern folk, you know, so we, we come from that background. And when I met the kids, I knew that they respected their father. And he made the statement. He was like, listen, so I'm just going to tell you guys something. This is Miss Naja. She is my partner. I want you guys to look at her like this is daddy's assistant. If she asks you to do something, understand that I've given her permission and it's coming directly from me. I trust her. And over time, he was like, and you guys will understand why. She's a great person. And he was like, do we have any questions? And everybody was like, no, sir, Captain. We're all good. I <laughs> love that. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes. when my partner and I yes. were first bringing our kids together, the number one rule we said is we have to always have each other's backs. Like you yes. cannot play each other against each other at all because the kids will try to do that. <laughs> As oh, my kids God. Do. Kids do it with their biological parents. Yeah, it was yeah, really important yeah, yeah. that if he said to all the kids, hey, you have to wash up before dinner, then I have to be like, yes, you have to wash up before dinner. I don't exactly. say, no, it's okay. You're gonna go play a little longer. Like, it's really important that they understand that you're a united front, that you have each other's backs, and that if we disagreed about something, that we could take it into another room, but that right, we weren't right. gonna, like, argue about parenting stuff in front of them. And actually, I think it worked really well because it helped establish mutual respect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think when he came in and kind of laid down the pecking order, there was no mistaking on what my position was. He gave me permission in front of these children. So it was a huge gesture mm. just of kind of laying the groundwork of this is how things are going to go. And over time, obviously, it's been a lot of years. They've had the chance to see why their father trusts me. I've also had to learn that, you know, when you have a partner, I, I don't have biological children, but when I first started dating him, there was this older lady i would take her out for tea sometimes and we'd go to lubies you guys heard of lubies if you're in the south especially you know old folks go there on sundays i love that place. <laughs> <laughs> that's this group of like 75 year old women honey that i just go and have and eat with those are my girlfriends so, <laughs> I love so i was like yeah i got this guy with kids and one of them was like oh you're joining a ready-made family and i was so offended when she said that like it did mm. something to 
disturbed my spirit. I don't know why it felt bad. I, at the time, I didn't know because you know how it is when you feel offended, you automatically go into this place of being defensive and you're not mm. penetrable to hearing new ideas. But now looking back, what she said made so much sense. A family is a system. You all know that I practice the family systems theory, which basically says a family is a tightly interconnected, interwoven system of individuals whose actions and inactions can directly or indirectly affect one another. So that thing was already set up. This system, they already had their family language, you know, because every household has their thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, heck, every household even has its own smell. Like, you know, <laughs> and hopefully that's a good smell. But I, I was walking into this thing that was already established and there was no consideration for... Naja's needs, Naja's wants, Naja's traumas and backgrounds because mm -hmm. these people didn't even know me. So I had to adjust. And a lot of things I just have to simply accept because you don't want to come into a new thing trying to be the boss and, and pull rank and make these and changes. change things around. Right. Well, right. We've all probably had a bad boss, like a new boss that came in and tried to change stuff. And we're like, wait a minute, this is not how we do things. And so me, me entering that ready-made situation really opened my eyes as to some of the things that were going to happen in my future that also led to me feeling like I just don't have a lot of control. Isn't a lot of the beginning time with the kids and being part of the family just building rapport? It's really just about getting to know them and showing them who you are, you know, yes. it, it, and, and I don't know like what you would add to that. I would love to hear, you know, what are you doing in that time? But trying to become a part of their system, meeting them where they are. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? You, number one, you show them that you care about the stuff that they have going on mm. and make no mind now. And I guess now I can openly and proudly say our situation was a super high conflict one. And when I say high conflict, I mean like death threats, restraining orders, like it went Oh there. my goodness. Oh goodness. Yeah. And so... For us to be in the place that we're in now is nothing but God. It's nothing but trying and it's nothing but just pure healing. One of the things that I did, knowing that the children had been alienated from their father, my husband, and his entire side in the family, and of course, my name was Mud because I was associated with him, mm. um, was I just came in trying to be the cool auntie, you know? Because we all, like, think about it, ladies. We both probably have these really cool aunties who dress really snazzy and brought us <laughs> gifts, snuck us beer from time to time. I had one of those. <laughs> and I just was like, you know what? I don't know how my connection will be interrupted with these children. There's a level of mistrust that they automatically come with because of things that they've heard from their other parent. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so... Now it's my job to show them who I am so they can have at least the privilege of a different perspective because mm -hmm. that in and of itself is a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. give a person a different perspective, they'll get to choose. And that's kind of what happened with us. You know, I just came in being real cool. Told them about myself, my family. I showed them my family photos. I would call my parents on FaceTime so they can see my mom and dad are still married. Miss Naja comes from a really good family. Miss Naja has a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. She's going to get a doctorate. She's a smart woman. She's in great shape. She's really pretty. Wow. She's also fair. She prays. You know, I made sure I really demonstrated to these children the best of me and who I am. I didn't feel like in the beginning that I could let my hair down. So it was a little mm -hmm. bit performative. But mm -hmm. um, over time, when trust was built, that's when I started to say, okay, you know, here's me without my wig and makeup on, you know? Like, so, <laughs> you know that, that was my approach. That's not going to be everyone's approach. It makes me think a little bit about how when my stepmother came into my life. So she married my dad. She was almost 30 and I was mm -hmm. about... 13, 14. And so like, it sounds close oh, wow. in age, but it doesn't. 15 it's, years. Yeah. That's except, oh. well, you know, it made sense. I mean, yeah. he had me young, so it's not like, oh, okay, okay. they weren't like 40 years apart or anything. This is not bogey <laughs> and Bacall, <laughs> but, but it was actually cool. You know, when she was like in her late thirties and she'd visit me in college and stuff. And, and I always loved having another adult who loved me, which is how I looked at it. Like I liked yes. having someone, she wasn't my mom. I didn't want her to be my mom. I had a mom. But, you know, I liked that I had someone who could do things with me that maybe I wasn't comfortable doing with my mom or could take me mm -hmm. to like the GYN office the first time or, you yeah. know, things like that. You know, I'm thinking a lot about my perspective as a kid meeting a step parent who had never had kids, never raised kids and was coming into our life. And also, like you're saying, like the new boss, like has different ways of doing things or suddenly we were expected to 
you know, pick our towel up off the floor after a bath and put it right. somewhere right. different than we put it before. And that was like a whole new thing to learn. So I'm wondering if you could talk some more from like the kids' perspectives that you've learned, like other stuff they struggle with, some feelings that they might be working through with a step parent or a new partner for their bio parent? Well, first off, let me just dial it back for a second, Liz. You know, you mentioned some things that happen with your stepmom and these new experiences. I think we kind of fail to give kudos to mothers because mothers have to allow that. Absolutely. That's so lovely. Yeah. That's like, so lovely. Moms have to really give their children permission to be comfortable and receive that type of love. And they have to be really secure watching their kid possibly have adoration for another woman that's in a maternal role. So shout out to your mom because everybody ain't able. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as far as from the kid's perspective, you know, the kids didn't ask for any of this crap. All our kids want is for us to feed them to entertain them, to take care of them. From the very beginning, our children don't really have the same level of empathy as we would define it as adults. Their emotional intelligence is not developed. Well, particularly young kids, like older teens might be different, but young kids are not thinking, well, I'm just glad dad's happy. Like they, they don't see yeah. it that way. Like They're teenagers especially go into, you know, when you reach adolescence, your brain goes into a latency period. And mm-hmm. so theologically, you turn back into this selfish little thing that thinks you know everything, but you literally are dialed back a few years. And so our young people, they just want to know who's going to take care of me. Because, you know, when you see kids crying because their parents are getting a divorce, it's not because our hearts are broken. They're literally like oh my god where are my toys gonna go is my world gonna be rocked what's going to happen to me because this is all they have the capacity to care about if we keep that in mind and reassure these children over and over again you have two homes now you're gonna have four people to love your family is growing and while mommy and daddy don't live under the same roof we're going to take even better care of you we love you we're proud of you you really have to go above and beyond to reassure a young mind that they're going to be okay because we see one of the adverse childhood experiences or one of the aces is have you experienced a divorce from your parents that's considered majorly traumatizing to a child. And so mm-hmm. we can cause less trauma to our kids by number one, just reassuring them and giving them a very good experience on both sides and allowing and encouraging them to be okay and be open with both sides. That doesn't happen in the high conflict situations, obviously. but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's so unfortunate because the children are the ones to suffer right along with us adults. So to answer your question, long and short of it, if you're going to sum it up, reassurance. You cannot go wrong with providing that reassurance to them and letting them know that the stability for them is still going to be there. And I know it's almost like a cliche to say this, but I think it's really important to just point it out that if you're bringing kids into your family that are, you know, your partners or a new spouse, it's important to say, I'm not your mom and I'm not trying to be your mom. You have a mom who loves you. I'm a different person for you, or I'm not your dad. You have a dad. You know, I think that goes a really long way because I know that that's a fear that a lot of kids have. I remember being worried that my stepmother was trying to be my mom and then I felt protective of my mom, you know, and so I had to work through that. Yeah. Yeah. That level of protection is something that can be very fierce. And I believe that all stepkids are in some sort of loyalty bond. I mean, heck right now I have one of my clients, he's 82 years old. He's about to marry a 69 year old hottie and (laughs) children still want him to be with their mom like it's nuts it's Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. and these are obviously if he's 80 something you know they're adults they're full they're grown themselves now so one thing that i learned i said okay a lot of people really want to see the two people that came together to bring them into the world they would like to see them together but my kind of refined thought now is they want to see them very very happy thriving and just able to come together for their benefit like you said you kind of felt protective of your mom and your stepmom wasn't trying to step in that position and your mom gave you permission but you still felt that so you see Mm -hmm. how kids Mm -hmm. caught in the middle of this stuff still have that natural inclination to still make sure their other parent has a place in this scenario actually i love that slide Mm -hmm. you had on your instagram account vip stepmom Mm -hmm. where you talked about owning the awkward situation when a stranger says oh your daughter's so sweet and the stepkid's gonna be like oh i'm not her daughter she's not my mom that's not my mom and i love your response (laughs) you said oh but we are family and she She's very special to me. And I was like, 
Boom. Done. That's so good. That's so good. It's a short and sweet answer. It's reaffirming to the child that you know what your place is, but you're also solidifying that I'm your family too. Mm -hmm. While we can't say they're ultimately responsible for our feelings, children should be cognizant of how their words may affect other people. And so if they acknowledge you as family, I think that is a win. That's a total win in my book. I love that you bring that up too, because I think sometimes parents and step parents, we're all sort of caught in that position of they need to express themselves and if they're angry they're angry and you know they need to let it out right like they need to get their feelings out but also they need to be respectful because that applies not just to your family members but it applies to everyone like we need to treat everyone with respect so I love that you brought that up because it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong that letting kids have their feelings telling them this is hard this is difficult I can see why you're feeling x y and z but also saying you know, I deserve respect and we treat people with respect and we speak about them with respect. Absolutely. I love this new age parenting where people are consciously parenting their children and they're teaching emotional intelligence at a very young age now. I am a millennial. I'm I'm 40 now. So I'm probably like at the very top of being a millennial. Like I barely made it. But I remember respect being one of those things that was paramount. But in Mm -hmm. that, we weren't taught respect for our own feelings. I, in my family unit, was taught having respect for other people's feelings. And for a very sensitive child like I was, that can almost make them feel like their thoughts, their feelings, their perspective is not as important. And so they start to honor other people. And so if we teach these kids, as you honor other people, you still honor yourself, you know, and and you still put your own needs first and you still have the right to say, hey, can I have a moment? My friend is a four-year-old kid and she was over the other day and I didn't give her some grapes. And she was like, well, Auntie Naja, I'm really not happy that you wouldn't give me grapes, but I understand. Can I have a moment? I said, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you'll come back and join the party when you want. That's very mature. Exactly. So I was like, these new age parents are doing quite a doozy. (laughs) Because back in my day, it was your ass is going to come and eat these grapes. You know what I mean? (laughs) I love that, though. I love the idea of taking a moment, right? Like, I need to do that. I did not learn that. I'm with you. It was like, grapes are get out. (laughs) Get the grapes or go. No grapes for you. Right. But you see how much of an advantage that gives a young person when you give them space to feel their feelings. But we still have to guide them. So that they don't Mm -hmm. go off the deep end with their feelings. But we still can be that example. And I know a lot of adults that can surely take a lesson from that four-year-old as far as emotional intelligence. One of the things that I find is like parents, we want everyone to be okay, right? I'll speak from personal experience. Like I want everything to be good, right? Like I want everyone to be happy. I want the kids to be happy with the new situation because I'm happy in the new situation, right? So like I want them to be happy too. And I think it's hard when our kids are are slower to come to a happy place or who knows they may never be completely satisfied and happy with the situation they can find contentment right they can be all right with it and for me that's been a big challenge personally is like not everyone is going to be as happy as I am and that's okay it's not anything that I necessarily did right and there's nothing I necessarily need to do but like give them the space to let them come to it in their own time Absolutely. Because if you've done everything that is within your power, if you've used all of your tools and resources, then you have to really step back and assess, do I even have the control? Do I have the influence or impact to affect this person's happiness? And Mm -hmm. if you really Mm -hmm. have firmly done everything within your power, then you say, I've I've done all I can do. And I'm going to honor myself by stepping back and allowing them to ruminate on whatever it is that they need to so that they can have their process because we all have to develop our own process and sometimes that means people just leaving us alone and allowing us to go through it so i just want to ask because i know you work in very high conflict situations and i love that we're keeping it positive in terms of like what parents can do actions they can take but is there a common theme that you're seeing when it comes to the situations where you're basically like in fire extinguisher mode like is there one or two things that come up. I I mean, I imagine there are families that may be experiencing that and it may just help them to not feel alone, right? Like they can commiserate with a story or two that you have. But I would just be curious to know, like, what does that look like? What's happening there? Common themes. Parental alienation is a big theme because as parents, we kind of want to win. You know, I want to be the best parent. I want my child's life to center me. But a lot of us won't admit that that's what we do. 
Parenting is one of the most egotistical roles that we all can have. It very much appeals to our own ego. A lot of us don't know how to remove that from our way of parenting our children. We say they mm -hmm. are our children. We can't even see them as different individuals from us for many, many, many years. Their accomplishments really feel like our successes. So it goes very deep. One of the common themes that I see with parental alienation is the parents really become competitors. Uh, it's cute okay. and it's fun at first. But then when you see that your child is starting to learn how to be very manipulative by you being their first victim of manipulation, because you're the one that's taught them that they're literally mirroring their parents' behavior. That's something that creates a monster for everybody. Mm -hmm. Talking about the other parent in front of the child or making disparaging remarks. We all know we shouldn't do that. Most of mm -hmm. us don't do that, but we do it in other ways. We kind of come through the back door and you'll say, oh, well, I had a great time at daddy's house. And you'll just roll your eyes and turn up the radio. Mm. Little things like that, that we have to be very, very aware of, change the very fiber of how our child looks at us and looks at themselves. Because our kid realizes I'm half mom and half dad. These are the two people that I love the most in the world. But mommy doesn't like daddy or daddy doesn't like mommy. So that means that there's got to be a piece of me. There's something wrong with a piece of me too, because our kids identify with being us. We're their first superheroes. Right. Even bad parents get to wear the cape of being the amazing superhero. I am so glad you Me brought this too. up in exactly these words because yes. when I was splitting from my kid's dad, mm -hmm. they make you go see a video that talks about like how to be a good divorced parent. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and they literally talk about that. And of course, they say the people not paying attention are the ones who really need to be there most. Me, I'm like taking yeah. notes. Like, I thought it was so interesting. <laughs> but one of the things they say is you have to love your kids more than you hate your ex if you hate mm -hmm. your ex. And that will mm -hmm. help guide your decisions. And I love that. And they said specifically exactly what you're saying. This is like the New York State, like fancy parenting experts in the legal system. <laughs> they, they said because your kids are half you and half their other parents yes. and you're constantly like berating the other parent, then they're going to think there's something wrong with them also. And yeah, I thought I, I just love yes. that you were repeating that because it's always stayed with me. So listen, I know there's a million things we could talk about that we do wrong. Yes. <laughs> but I want to end on like a positive note. So even though stepmoms can get a bad rap, you know, the like evil stepmother trope, which needs to die a quick, lame, painful death. <laughs> Thanks, Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think the idea of stepmom is pretty great. Like, I've had a great stepmom. Like, I feel really fortunate. And I have a great stepdad, too. We just celebrated his 80th birthday this week. Oh, so I'm wondering yeah. for you, like, what's the best part about it? What do you think makes a great stepmom and what do you enjoy about it? What makes a great stepmom? The things that I mentioned at the top, being very flexible, leaving your ego at the door, understanding that you can truly be a bonus in these kids' lives, but they're going to have to be able to show you how they need you to present for them. Your definition of what you might have thought you would be in the beginning might not be what the kids had in mind. And that's okay. Be okay with that because children have a way of getting their needs met and telling us what they want. So just make sure you can show up when your time comes. Mm -hmm. And what's one of the best parts for me is, oh my God, is the kids. <laughs> for all the other pain points that God has given me, me in this step parenthood blended family experience. One thing that I can say that I feel is an advantage is I have some really cool stepkids. And that's a mm -hmm, true testament mm -hmm. to the parents that they have. Their parents both love them very, very much. And they make them within their own, sometimes maybe limited ability, they make these kids know that they are important and that they do deserve love. You know, just like right now, I just turned 40 and I told my stepson when I turned 40, I was going to beat him in a foot race. So <laughs> I, I'm training right now. I'm literally training like an Olympian so that I can beat this 11-year-old that runs around <laughs> and plays all day. So we're going to see. Maybe I'll record it and post it if I don't get beat too bad. What a great stepmom moment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm so inspired by talking with you and I can just imagine what you do for your clients and for, I know our listeners are going to be so thankful to hear all your advice, but you're not just on this podcast. You have your own podcast. You are everywhere. So people can go to najahall.com. That's N-A-J-A hall.com. And so many Instagrams. How do you, do you ever sleep? I'm just curious. You know, I, I, um, 
when I saw that this was actually going to be a thriving business and when I would see people in my DMs that were hurting and needed immediate help, Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do this by myself. So I have a really good operations manager and she handles all of my brands. She keeps me in the loop with everything. I literally asked, I was like, God, can you just give me another nausea? (laughs) I I found a younger, prettier, smarter, faster version of myself and she keeps it all rolling. That's amazing. So folks can find you, the nausea hall on Instagram and miss nausea on Facebook and then specifically your platform. So you have VIPstepmom.com yes. and it's VIP Stepmom on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And then you have blendedandblack.com, which is also the address on Instagram and Facebook. And then just quickly, because we didn't get to talk about your book series, but you also have a book series that people can pick up. Can you yes. just talk like elevator pitch? Like what's what's that about? Absolutely. So my book series is called Girl Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and people always laugh when they say you say it, it a um, lot better than when I said it. I'll do yeah. it. How did you, how did you say I'm a, it? I'm a boring white lady. No, I, said, okay. I think I just said girl <laughs> bye. I don't think I gave it like the really awesome emphasis that you Well, did. I hope you did the wave when you did. I can't see you, but I hope you did the wave. Girl <laughs> bye. So the girl bye series is a series that I started for mothers and stepmothers that aren't necessarily trying to be BFFs, but they're just trying to figure out how to coexist without murdering each other. It blew up like in 2017. And so I did another book. There's a journal, there's a workbook, there's a course. So if you just type in girl by Naja Hall, then you'll get all the tools. Cause sometimes instead of telling that other woman girl by, you really got a girl by yourself. Girl by Naja, plenty of times. <laughs> You're a wise woman. <laughs> yes. It's girl info if you want to go look at that. But like you said, everything can be found at NajaHall.com. And everyone is welcome on all of my platforms. I do have VIP stepmom. That's for stepmoms. But we have some biological mothers that kind of peek in from time to time. I think that's great. Yeah, I have blended in black. I do welcome every single person. While it does center the African-American experience, I think it's very important for other cultures to understand mm-hmm. that the African-American experience is far more than what the media has mm. portrayed about us. So yes. that's why I welcome Oh, we could do a whole other episode about that. Yes. I want everybody in all of my spaces. I always let people know everyone's welcome. Just bring a good spirit and lead with love. Love that. That's great. Thank you so much. I I know this is going to be helpful to so many people. So listen, you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week. And we'll be back with that right after this. So Liz, can we just talk a little bit about gift anxiety? Have you heard of this? Is that a thing? Gift anxiety? Like one more anxiety I need to have this year. Excellent. Well, (laughs) I think it is actually. And I am new to this thanks to our sponsor, Gifter. And it actually makes sense, right? Gift anxiety, like, you know, you're worrying whether you didn't or did get the right gift. And then when you don't get the gift you like, you have to like be like, oh, it's so lovely. I love frog the tongs. Yeah, you know what our <laughs> issue is? We finally got my kids to make wish lists oh. for birthdays, holidays, or whatever. And they were just doing it through the notes app on iOS. And then the problem is they'd share it with all the relatives and we'd be like, yay, we finally have a list. And then people would buy them all the same thing. Yeah. Like you wouldn't know who bought what and you didn't want to erase it because it was their list and we thought it was going to work and it just (laughs) did not really work. And like, actually, Giftster is really smart for people like us because- It's like a two-way family gift registry where you can write down the wish list, the stuff that you want, and you can share it with everybody in your family and they can share stuff back with you. And I love that if something gets purchased, it'll get crossed off just like a regular registry. Yeah, it's so smart. So actually what you do, it's completely free, by the way, right? So like you sign up, you get your whole family to join your gifter group, and then you load everything up. But unlike traditional registries and wish lists out there, it goes goes both ways. So you can see what people want and you can put what you want. And then when things are purchased, it gets knocked off and you're still going to be surprised because you don't know who got it. You don't know when it's coming. Like, I think that would be maybe something that people would worry about. But Gifsters got you covered with that too, because they know you want surprises. We all want surprises. Well, good surprises. <laughs> yeah. And and the duplicate thing really can be an issue when you have like a lot of grandparents or aunts and uncles or like, even if you have like really big families and you do a secret Santa type thing, like you know, that's what John does with his family. He's got five siblings. Oh, and so, yeah. This is so, yeah. yeah. So we just like pick one name out of a hat and each person gives to 
only one person and then get something from another person. But I love this because we can put it out there and then actually coordinate with other people about who gets what and who does what. It's really smart. I know it's so organized. You know, I've got a family of four. And like you said, there's grandparents out there. It's super easy to use and you can sign up. It's totally free. You can create your free wish list at gifter.com slash bond. That's G-I-F-T-S-T-E-R dot com slash bond. And then, you know, I have to say, we see it all the time because we do a lot of gift recommendations. There are a lot of people who don't know what to get. They're worried about getting the right gift. You know, they don't want to get someone upset if they got a gift that they didn't really like. And this gifts are completely like eliminates all of that. Plus, here's an idea. Go to Cool Mom Picks and look at our ultimate birthday gift guide, which has all the best gifts for kids from zero to teen. We have holiday gift guides, Mother's Day, Father's Day. We do them for like all the big holidays. And then you can just go right into Giftster and just break down all the stuff that you want. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Goodbye, notes app. Hello, Gifster. <laughs> so anyway, listen, free wish list. Go, gifster.com slash spawn. Do it today. By the way, there's birthdays coming up and the holidays. Your December self or your November self is going to thank your September self. It really will. Right, Liz? Nicely said. I like that very much. All right. Well, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Naja, you are our guest. You get to go first. Okay, so I don't know how many of you guys out there wear wigs, but I am an avid wig wearer. So one of the things that's been saving my life so I don't look too busted when I go to the gym or or when I go to the grocery store or when I just don't feel like styling my hair, they have this new thing called a headband wig, honey. Oh, so it comes with a headband with a hair attached. Uh. You literally pop it on your head like a hat. I have several of pictures of me on my Instagram in them. So that's just been one of the things and it's going to go longer than the cool pick of the week. This can last you forever. You can find them on Amazon if you want to get really fancy then they're on these big expensive hair sites. But just type in headband wig and thank me later. I'm looking right now. Do you see it? Do you that see That is one? very clever. That yes. is very, very clever. I like yes. it. They have all textures, all lengths, all colors, literally. And you can change out the headbands to go with your outfit. Well, sold. Awesome. I love it. I've been trying to accessorize myself because my hair is a little longer. I don't even want to show you what I look like after I've worked out. So I, we appreciate we appreciate this. And Liz, what about you? Yeah, You're so, all into beauty today, it seems. I know. I think it's something yes. about September and getting back into ourselves again and like feeling good. So there's a company, I think I've talked about them before, called Aloysia Beauty. A-L-O-I-S-I-A. Aloysia Beauty. And it's a Korean beauty-inspired company, all women-owned. Really cool. And they have some great products. Okay, they sent me a couple of cleansers. It's called the the Nourish and Refresh Cleansing Duo. And I am low maintenance, Kristen, as you know. I am never going to wash my face with two different things. Guess what? (laughs) Life-changing. I love them. I cannot believe. Are you really washing your face twice? I really am. What? I'm telling you, my skin has never looked better. I love it so much. Okay. Basically, there's like this Nourish Oil Cleanser, which is to remove like makeup and sunblock, sebum, like whatever's oil-based residue, wash that off. And then there's, it's the Refresh Jade Purifying Cleanser. Doesn't that sound awesome? And that's afterwards for like a little like soapy cleanse afterwards. And your skin feels so good. I love it. That's okay. nice. So I'll, I'll link it up on our site. They're great products. Like, really, I am super low maintenance. I'm lucky if I even wash my makeup off at the end of the day. So oh, my God. <laughs> now, oh. that's a cardinal sin. I yeah. know. Please. I just went to a new facial person and she was like, you what? I was like, don't do that. Oh <laughs> she yelled Sometimes at you. I'm just really tired and I fall asleep. Ooh. I just fall asleep. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, I, I don't know. Two face washes. That's a lot. But if you did it. <laughs> then I can do it too. That Kristen, is my, I'm going to send you role. some. It's so, it's okay. like that good. All right. Well, I'm in skin mode too. And I want to talk about the Sukin detoxifying clay facial mask. Mm. Uh, I bought it on a whim. You know, if you're in a Target in the beauty section, they have those like little kind of turnstiles with all the tiny things. Oh, that like really... the impulse purchases. Yes. And they're, <laughs> they're actually like really expensive, but you think they shouldn't be because they're small. Right. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is so cute. Why is this $12? Anyway, this is actually very affordable. It's a it's a full size container. It's $11.99. I'm not a clay mask person. I'll be honest. I haven't had much luck with them, but this one 
Holy cow. It really works. I have used it consistently. In fact, I couldn't remember where I got it and I was kind of freaking out because I loved it so much. So anyway, it's Sukin. It's an Australian brand, actually. It's a detoxifying clay facial mask. It's $11.99. Totally worth it. I have like normal to dry skin and I am a huge fan. So anyway. I love that. Yeah. And that also costs a little less than the ones I have. Although I'm looking actually right now, it looks like it's it's sold out and they're trying to get okay. them back in stock. Right. I'm telling you, they're really good. Oh, that looks like a weird product. Wow. We will link all of this up. Headband wigs, two part cleansers and clay facial masks. And of course, all of Naja's sites and her books and everywhere you can find her over on coolmompics.com on our podcast page. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest coach, Naja. She was amazing. And thanks to our awesome engineer, as always, John Bowen. You know, there are a few things that you can do that take two seconds that actually actually help more listeners find us. And you know what? It's actually kind of like blending families. Like you have, there's more to love, right? It's not like you have favorites. It's just like your heart grows just like our audience grows. It doesn't mean there's going to be any less of Spawn for you. It just means that there are more awesome people. Oh, hey, Liz, guess what? What? We have more reviews. Yay. And this is like our Christmas cards. You know? I know. Okay, so here we go. Yes. This one was five stars. The best place to learn about parenting. Dr. Leek says, when my best friend first recommended this podcast, as I was expecting my first child, I thought, oh, geez, not more <laughs> hip moms telling me things I need to add to my registry. My assumptions could not have been more wrong. With every episode, I hear from experts who help me navigate everything from helping model kindness in toddlers, navigating sibling rivalry, and developing my children's and my own understanding of equity. I love this podcast, and even though I've been raising my second child during the pandemic, this podcast makes it feel like I am not isolated along the way. Thank you. We should have her on as a guest. She sounds amazing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> these are so nice. Here's another one. You yes. never forget your first by Scorked. Wink, wink. I like wink, that. Wink, wink. Okay. I can't believe and am embarrassed that I've never actually left a review. I always listen while driving and well, short-term memory and all, but I just wanted you ladies to know that the announcement of Spawn via CMP was the catalyst for me to wade into the podcast realm and oh. the only podcast, the only that I have consistently kept up with and caught every episode. Thank you for your wit, your realness, your ability to address real issues in a down-to-earth manner and for making us feel less adrift in this absolutely insane time of parenting. I'm this reclaimed. So nice. This is really nice. Oh, oh my gosh. this is like why we do what we do. Like, guys, we don't make a billion dollars doing this. We just really <laughs> love doing it, honestly. And so yes. that that really means the world. Thank you so much for those of you who took the time to do that. I'm, yes, I'm really Yes, thank you. And you know what? If you don't have time to write such beautiful things, that's okay. You can still click five stars. If you do have a couple minutes, we love hearing them. Clearly, we love reading them on the podcast. And we would love to see more of you. You know, you can follow us on social. You can hop over to our spawn podcast community on Facebook. We love to hear from you. In fact, all of these episodes, Liz, pretty much were inspired by listeners who were in our group and told us this is what we want to hear. This is so, true. Yes, we hear yes, you the same we way hear you hear you. us. Although, we, yeah. you know, in a different place because we, <laughs> oh, hey, if you have a podcast, let us know. We'll listen to you right back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Hello. Hello, this is a little spawned extra brought to you by Entangled Publishing. I am talking with Avery Flynn, author of the forthcoming Mama's Boy and about six million other books. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she is prolific. All right, Avery, super important question here. Life changing, earth shattering. You have four dogs and a cat. How do you deal with all the fur in your house or have you just given up? Well, I actually have five dogs. I would get more, but my husband is like, no, you're done. We have five dogs and a cat. And I'm telling you right now, the key to all of that is number one, a high tolerance for fur. And also one of those robot vacs. It's the best thing ever. Well, I have two dogs and I own two robot vacuums. And so I can attest to the necessity. Uh, it's Rosie one and Rosie two, if people are wondering oh. of the names. Oh, I like that. Ours <laughs> is named Glen Coco. So yeah. <laughs> 
You also have three kids, which yes. can be the opposite of romantic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so where <laughs> does all this inspiration flops. come from? Where does it come from? Oh, you know what? Romance is everywhere, man. And I did not marry a romantic guy, which I think is always kind of funny. Um, but I am also not super touchy-feely romantic either. I don't know. There's just some secret side of myself that only comes out in the romance books. I guess that's probably why they're full of banter. Lots of snark. <laughs> so admittedly, I don't think I have ever dated a mama's boy. Have, have you? You know what? I have not dated a mama's boy, but I had like the whole Mr. Darcy inspiration the whole time for him because I think Mr. Darcy's kind of a mama's boy, mm. a grumpy one. Mm. That's kind of where I went for him. And I just thought it was really kind of fun to knock back on that whole idea of mama's boys and toxic masculinity and, and all that good stuff. And if you heard that giant snore, that was not me. That was one of the five dogs. <laughs> So I just want to put that out there right now. <laughs> so you talk about how people think mama's boys are bad kissers. And uh, I think kissing is totally underrated. So to you, what makes a good kiss? You know, what makes a good kiss is just that anticipation anticipation is such a great drug. You know, it gets you all bound up and it gets you all excited and you're anticipating what else could happen. And if it's already happened, then you are, you know, sort of relishing that and anticipating next time. I think it's the anticipation. Hmm, excellent. Well, I, I guess we could say what makes a bad kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, braces locking. I'm always going to go with that one. You know, oh. you, you get scarred for life. You okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask any more about that, <laughs> but that sounds horrific and, and, and traumatic. So that makes sense. So there are bets being made in this book of yours. So I, I want to know, like, what is the craziest bet that you've ever made? If, if you're a betting kind of woman, I feel like you are. I don't know. I am kind of a betting kind of woman. It has been a while since I have done a bet, but I would say more than likely the craziest bets in our house tend to be for all of the chores that no one wants to do. Everybody has to sign on because otherwise we're a family of welchers. So we will argue the legal loopholes of the agreement on the bet. The key to us is to get us to write it down. And the craziest bet probably was whether or not I'd be able to get my husband to agree to that fifth dog. And we now have the fifth dog. So that's how the bets go in my house. Oh, well, that's <laughs> impressive. We could all learn something from you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as people say, it's like when you have three kids, they're like, what's another one? So maybe it's like oh. that with dogs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they lied on that. I remember getting lied to that three kids was just the same as two. And that that was a big lie. <laughs> Four dogs is pretty close to the same as five because they all chase each other. So that part's at least a little easier. All right. Well, for more great books, you can head over to entangledpublishing.com. Find Avery on her website. It's Avery Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N.com. And grab your copy of Mama's Boy on September 27th at amazon.com.